<laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Phil's Recap and Review. Today, it's going to be for Child's Play 1988. Happy Halloween, everybody. Hopefully, everyone's enjoying their Halloween so far. I've got my Luigi-ness on here today, and I am out here right now. I was going to do this tonight, but Joe Dirty Locks is a little, or is indisposed at the moment. So he can't do our Daredevil stuff this afternoon right away. So I figured I'd get this one done today, too. This is a request from the Magic Wheel. If people don't know, we have a wheel here, the Wheel of Truth, <laughs> that when someone makes a Super Chat donation, I spin the wheel and I have to pick, or they get to pick something if it lands on a certain spot, for me to review something of their choice. And someone wonderful made a donation uh, and picked a television show, a anime called called Gungrave. And I got to admit, I'm not a big anime guy, for good or for bad. The, I like cheesy anime, but it's tough for me to get into like a big, deep one like that. And I was going to do it with my friend Evan, but me and him were having some mixed signals of trying to get together to be able to talk about Gungrave. So Derek, it being months and months after he made his request, it's like, you know, if you don't want to talk about Gungrave, you don't have to. And I was like, no, 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 I'm trying, I'm trying. But he also uh, offered me a couple of alternatives for reviews. And one of the alternatives was, in fact, this little guy in the corner right, th oh, right there, right there backwards, Chucky in the first Child's Play movie. So I figured with Halloween coming, and he actually suggested this, it would be a good opportunity to maybe start a new tradition and pick some of my favorite slasher or scary movies and talk about them on Halloween. Also, this morning, if you were a patron... Make sure you check out the special patron stream I did this morning walking through downtown Salem. It's I'm a horrible tour guide, so it's just me walking through, babbling, getting into arguments with people and pushing them and stuff. So if you are a patron, make sure you go and check that out. And also there was a special drum solo this this week, this month as well. So blubbity blubbity blah blah. Let's get to freaking child's play. Luigi number one. Joe and I will still hopefully be back later this late afternoon or maybe early evening talking about some Daredevil. That's still the intention to do that, so we'll see how the day pans out, but we'll, uh, I'm going to at least try to do that. And I'm not alone. I have with me some folks in this unexpected afternoon stream in the live motherfucking chat. We got Killmonger and we got The Walking David right now, and hopefully Derek will be able to check this out at some point too. So hi, Derek. Thank you for the suggestion. I watched... I watched Child's Play again last night. It's a movie I've seen a bunch. So this isn't going to be necessarily a big recap. I'm not going to fully recap this thing. I'm going to kind of just share my thoughts and share some of my positive and or negative thoughts on Child's Play. I actually forgot my notes in the other room. So let me let me stall this for a few seconds and play, some, play a song while I make fun of myself again. Everybody, welcome back to the show. Okay, I'm back. That was sorry for that. Oh, I was gone for so long. Luigi had to go have sex with the princess. Ooh. But <laughs> having watched Child's Play again, I mean, it's a movie I've seen a bunch. 
I gotta admit, I'm not the biggest, again, just like animes, I'm not the biggest scary movie person, but I am a big fan of 80s slashers. I'm a huge fan of that whole subgenre of of horror movies or scary movies or however you want to look at it. Specifically 80s, early 90s, maybe even late 70s, that kind of era, but I think it really took took shape or took ownership of what it was in that 80s era. As much as I do like early Hitchcock movies, and I think those influence the slashers when we look at something like Psycho, and I think Hitchcock as a filmmaker is at the top of the game, you, you know, from all filmmakers, and you can put it, and I think maybe that kind of thing was, you could kind of put it all on Hitchcock earlier in time. I just want to say cock a bunch of times. Hitchcock, cock, 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 cock. But really, in Psycho influenced it, but I considered the beginning of this era with, the late 70s with Halloween kind of starting this, and then Friday the 13th, the first one in the whole series in general, carrying this through. And then you got many other offshoots of it. To me, where I think the best one, and yes, this is a review of Chucky, and I will get to that, but I think the best one and the way you get to something like Chucky is through Freddy Krueger. I mean, maybe I should do a whole Nightmare on Elm Street thing, and I'm probably going to do a whole Nightmare on Elm Street thing. Please, please request this shit. Request the fuck out of all this crap. I will definitely do a whole review on every Nightmare on Elm Street movie, a whole series review. It's my favorite of all slasher and scary movies. Not to... I think because ultimately when we get to it, it's not that scary. Our, the first movie is, and then you could argue that A New Nightmare Again is a little bit scary in that setup. But I think the majority of what comes from the Nightmare on Elm Street, what Nightmare on Elm Street brought to the slasher genre was a sense of humor, a sense of that the person killing you can also be a stand-up comic. And you got a couple of spin-offs and one-offs from that. I mean, the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie isn't really a funny, wisecracking Freddy way. He kind of gets a little bit more into that in the second movie and in the third movie. He starts to manipulate. Uh, mutate into a little less scary and a little bit more funny to the point where he's saying, now nah, you're playing with power when he's killing some kid in a video game dream later. So that's Freddy. Yeah, what am I, let me just stop and talk about nothing but Freddy. Holy shit. I'm looking in the live motherfucking chat. We have, oh, we have some super chat. Doe fucking nation from Nirvana Design. Nirvana Design, you get a spin of the goddamn wheel. Yes. Super chat donation and a super chat review. This is awesome. I so appreciate that, Nirvana. What is going on? I was watching Eli Roth History of Horror. It's so good. I have that on my DVR. I haven't had a chance to watch that yet. And that landed on everyone drink. Oh, shit. I, I know right now it's 1230 in the afternoon where I am, and I don't know where you are, what you're drinking. It could be coffee. could be hot cocoa. could be some... Uh, buffalo piss. I don't know what you're drinking. Whatever. Yeah, I'm not judgment. No judgment here. It could be straight whiskey at eight in the morning. We all have demons. So everyone take a shot. Mm. Everyone take a drink for the wonderful Nirvana design. Nirv I saw Wes Craven's new nightmare and it scared me past reason. It's a fucking scary movie. I think there's no. There's no escaping or there's – it's not a coincidental that the two scariest of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies are the two – are the two ones from – are the two ones that Wes Craven directed. I And I think it's no – it's no secret as well that the three best he had – he had a hand in. 
okay, so when we get to Nightmare on Elm Street 3, that and I'm doing more of, it, more of a generalized thing. I'll dig into them deeper. Night 3 is when Freddy really started to be funny. And I think Nightmare on Elm Street 3 is, I'm not going to say universally, I think in general, generally speaking, is most, is a lot of people's favorite. So I'm not saying anything out of school saying, oh, number three is my favorite. I think it's a lot of people's favorite. The Dream Warrior setup, excuse me, is really nice. But there's a lot of making of the Nightmare on Elm Street documentaries you can watch where, one, they fucked Wes Craven out of his royalties a lot. And two, with part three was him sort of uh, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, or fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. When he went back in, he offered all these thoughts about how he wanted the series to go in part three and they deemed it too scary and then they picked and choose picked and chose what parts of his thoughts that they liked and then turned it basically into the movie that you see and I think three really works but Wes Craven wanted a lot less comedy I don't think he ever wanted sequels to Nightmare on Elm Street in the first place the whole foundation of the problems that they had with Nightmare came with that beginning of the end of the first movie when the bus shows back up and oh no, when the car shows back up and brings and freddy's back they west kind of wanted it as a one and done and then the producer who seems a little shady when you see some of those documentaries he wanted something he wanted to create his version of friday the 13th his franchise of choice why am i talking about nightmare on elm street on a on a chucky review because it's my speculation that you don't get chucky if you don't have freddy Freddy kind of opened up the door for comedic things to kill you. And Chucky fits right into that. Rewatching it now, 1988 Child's Play is funnier than it is scary. There's some scenes in the whole concept of it with the Teddy Ruxpin doll merged with a Cabbage Patch doll coming to kill you is pretty fucking scary. But I think when you go on, when you live in a world now with the kind of horror movies that we've gone from the torture porn type stuff in, in the progression of stuff that can scare you. I think watching back on child's play, if you've child's play, if you've never seen it, it's going to seem quaint and you got to almost view it as a comedy movie. It's got the guy from the princess bride in it. I totally forgot that that's the dude is the dick, the guy, uh, the, the prince, the prince Humperdinck is in it. He's like the main guy. And he is a dick from the go. I mean, he's supposed to be our main male lead that has uh, a love affair with our main female lead, who's probably our lead character. In memory, I would have thought it was the kid. But watching back, the mother really is the main character of the first movie. And that's played by uh, Catherine Hicks. Is that her name? From Star Trek Four. I didn't say Seventh Heaven first. Star Trek Four and Seventh Heaven. And she's also in a lot of other things. And she plays a major part in this movie. Also, all the adults and generally people in this movie are dicks. They wrote them in a really dickish way. But the star of this movie, who are we kidding? The star of this movie is Brad Brad Dorf as Chucky. And the voice of Chucky and as Charles Lee Ray, I believe that's his name. And I have some notes. I have the, the Wikipedia page. But I'm doing all most of this off memory, having watched it last night and seen the movie a bunch. He steals the show. His it, he, and again, he doesn't have as many one-liners and shit as I remember because I think in my memory when I think back in the Child's Play thing, I think about all of the movies. Or at least I think about those first three in a big in a big ball together. I think even more specifically the first two because the third one I remember clearly. It's He's at like – the kid's at a military school and there's all, all that shit going on. 
The second one and the first one I mix I mixed a lot. When I st I mix Elidian a lot. When I <laughs> my scales are all over the place. When I was watching it, I kept expecting a couple things from part two to happen, and it didn't happen. Uh, but really, it's a pretty simple movie in the structure of it. And again, with nothing written down, I can kind of go through the quick structure. We have an opening act that has the criminal as the criminal doing it and uh, and or committing his final crime, doing a robbery and something like that. And D'Artagnan and Prince Humperdinck stops him shoots him a bunch of times, he's about to die, and then he grabs a, he looks for some human or something that he can jump into their body, because, because brief, quickly, he knows how to transform his identity into other people, okay, whatever, and it, it ends up that he's in a toy store, and there's all these dolls around, and he has nothing at the time, so he try he tries it on a doll, and he goes, I, Vigo, the scourge of Carpathia, the shadow of Maltavia command you. Oh, command me, Lord. Now is the season of evil. At one point in time, the plot of Child's Play became, becomes the same plot of Ghostbusters 2. I'm not making that up. So let's go into the live motherfucking chat for a second. Nirvana Designs says, best way to spend my morning. Same here. Best way to spend my morning is being able to get in here and talk to you guys. I wish I had the luxury of doing it every single day. But honestly, Nirvana Design, super chat donations are what helps get me to that point. So I do appreciate that. And I appreciate Derek as well for causing us to be out of here because of his super chat donations. So Derek. Nirvana Design, special love to you guys right now. Thank you so much. So Nirvana was my favorite band. I love Nirvana too. I saw Wes Craven's new Nightmare. It scared me. Uh, Nirvana, I'll take a bite of my sandwich instead. Perfectly reasonable. Demons are more scary than slashers, I feel. I would shoot down the slasher, but a demon you can kill with a gun. So it's so. Oh, you can't kill with a gun, so it's more scary. Demons are more scary than slashers. I agree. I think slashers, in a, in a sense, are funny. I think the slasher genre, why it works for me, even the Friday the 13th movies, when they try to take themselves seriously, and the more slasher takes itself seriously, the more funny it is to me. There's a wonderful one called called uh, Shocker, an underrated, I think it's also a Wes Craven movie, where where the guy is a, like a really evil dude, and he does the similar thing like this, where he gets himself transformed into television somehow and then he kills people through the tvs and through electrodes he's almost like the electric gremlin yeah johnny depp is in the first one he's also in the sixth one for a second is it the sixth one it's the freddy's dead movie he shows up on a tv screen which is really cool he had already established himself as pretty fucking big at that point and he came back to the series understanding what kind of made him him so johnny depp is in the first one he's He's our main actor, our main star, Nancy's boyfriend, and he dies. Spoiler alert. People die in Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Sorry. Uh, he dies pretty early on in the movie, and he's not very good in it. Uh, but he is Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp is in the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie. I heard the same about the creator of Halloween, Phil. Uh, sup, everyone? Oh, so, yeah, similar thing about, about getting off. Exactly. And they eventually did bring him back, too, as well. Morning, everyone. I have a cat named Chucky. What's up, Santovia? Linda, awesome to see all of you guys. Honestly, the only bad movies were the first one and the last one. Uh, are you, which series are you talking about? Oh, Voyage Home. You're talking about uh, Star Trek. 
I disagree with you about the last one. Or do you mean Nemesis? Because I like I like uh, Undiscovered Country if we're talking about the original ones. So you think Star Trek 1 and, and Nemesis are the only two bad Star Trek movies. Conversation for a different day, Tim. But I, I always love hearing your thoughts on Star Trek, my friend. But okay. So Shocker's a really good movie. is an underrated movie if you haven't seen it. Go oh, back to Chucky. So Chucky starts out. We get this opening scene where Chucky goes, Ah, Vigo, the score to come out there. But yeah, it is the Ghostbusters 2 uh, storyline at some point in time. So then we fast forward after he does this spell into this family that we meet. We meet this kid that's a decent kid actor. He has some moments, especially pretty good physical actor. When he gets into some of the points where he's wrestling with Chucky, he's good. Some of his line reads are a little cheesy, but he's a kid actor in the 80s. Who, what kind of an asshole am I on Halloween that I'm attacking a kid actor on Halloween? A kid actor in the 80s. He's not perfect, but... He's all right. He's good enough. He's no Elijah Wood in A Good Son or something. Is that the name of that movie? Or he's no Macaulay. But, but he, he's passable. He's passable. He, he, he does the job well. And Catherine Hicks, I think, adds some credibility to the, to the acting on this point, too, because she's so, you know, uh, there's something about her. She plays the same thing in every, every role I've ever seen her in. Pro- possibly she plays something else in other roles. She all. Uh, even when she, whether she is the seventh heaven mom and kind of coming from a different motivation or she's trying to save whales, she's always the same. And she's the same in this movie too. And the, her boss is some, some kind of next level dick that, that has this like weird manipulation on her. And she's working and her son is obsessed with this series that is a precursor to Pokemon. But it's, like I said, it's Cabbage Patch, Teddy Ruxpin, where there's a cartoon, there's clothes, there's kits, and now they're coming out with a doll. You've got to catch them all. And this kid just wants, this kid's obsessed with it. He's making breakfast for his mother in bed because it's his birthday. And it's a cute fucking scene. It's a cute scene. It's, it's so sweet it makes my teeth ache. And the kid's making it. You know the scene. You've seen it so many times in so many movies. It was in The Flash last night for fuck's sake. Someone that doesn't really know how to cook is cooking in a kitchen. And they're in a ki- they got a bowl and they're, they're cooking it up, man. They're cooking it up. They're in the bowl. They're in the kitchen. They're cooking up the breakfast. And it's a big mess. Okay? Ha, ha, ha. It's hilarious. But at this time, I hadn't seen this a million fucking times from Tuesday. And I enjoyed this scene. I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. This is fucking, this is fucking fun. <laughs> oh, I love you guys. I love you guys in the live motherfucking chat. So, so... Now that I'm in that voice. So. So he ends up. I forget what the fuck I was talking about. Okay. So, yeah. He ends up begging his mom for one of these dolls. And he opens up his birthday presents early. And he gets everything he wants. He gets clothes. And I remember that day. That's the most disappointing moment in your whole fucking life. When you have to open up your box of presents. And you see you got the clothes. You know, now if someone got me some clothes, I'd be really happy. You know, I still want toys. But if I, if I got, you know, you're like, oh, great. I don't have to buy some underwear. That's awesome. That's one less thing I got to buy. You know, my P.O. box, people want to send me underwear, boxer briefs, or socks. They could do that just as much as if they give me, you know, they, they donate on Patreon or Super Chat donation or any other kind of friendly gift like Tim Gersh sent us that gets used a lot, Tim. Your gifts get used a lot. Whatever. <laughs> if you want to send me... <laughs> underwear and socks I'd be very thankful but as a little kid you open up that box on your birthday and you see clothes you're like fuck man that sucks 
But you get a feeling that this kid's asked for a lot, asked for this doll a lot. And he's begging his mom, Mom, please give me the doll. I need the doll. We'll give me the doll. And she goes, I didn't save up this month. It's almost a little sad entry where you see this kid. This kid's being manipulated by the advertising campaign, the good buddies. And I haven't seen all the later Chucky movies. I don't know if that eventually gets dealt with down the line. Chucky movies get more they not that they care about each other care about it more they just become a little bit more organized and just like all these movies gets its own set of rules and its own universe so and i haven't seen anything really much past the third child's play i haven't seen any of like the seed of chucky bride of chucky cult of chucky all that kind of chucky it's a lot of chucky but i, I kind of saw the first three movies and didn't really proceed past that um but okay, so where was I? The kid the kid dances by the devil with a pale moonlight. No, he tells his mother he wants a toy. He begs. He gives her a guilt trip. She's at work. We flash forward to work. She's working at a jewelry counter or a makeup counter. And her friend, who ends up being really a mean babysitter when it comes down to it, says, oh, you know, you're looking for those good buddy dolls. There's a homeless guy out back. Let's go buy it from him. So they run outside, and this 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 like homeless guy starts verbally abusing them, and she starts verbally abusing the homeless guy. And Seventh Heaven mom trades the money and gets the gets the doll. Comes home, gives the girl gives the doll, and hi, I'm Chucky. Want to play? And this is where it starts. The doll starts whispering to the kid almost immediately, right? Almost immediately starts saying, I want to watch the news. We start hearing a news report about how this dude's partners escaped from jail or escaped from police custody. And we know that at the end, right before Brad Dorth died and turned into Chucky, he said, I'm going to kill this cop. I'm going to kill my dude. So yada, yada, yada. Chucky talks to the kid. No one believes the kid. The babysitter comes over because the mom's forced to stay at work because her boss is a dick cheese. And the babysitter, who's her best friend, gets gets killed by Chucky and everyone blames the kid. The kid has to go to a mental institution and eventually the next day because because he admits it or he kind of admits it, it says that Chucky's talking to him. Uh, and no, there's another crime the next day where the dude's where the dude's partner gets killed and the kid's at the scene. So they bring him into custody and they ask him questions, totally illegal and totally manipulate this kid, push him in all sorts of directions and get him to talk. And the, the, the main guy's partner is kind of a sub character as well. And Catherine Hicks ends up showing up there. Oh my God, what are you doing? My son, the out of nowhere a voice goes, he can come to my hospital and they send him to the hospital. And then he's out of the movie for I want to say like 20, 30 minutes of the movie. The kid's just gone. He's at the hospital. Then we it's the Catherine Hicks show and with the cop. And they have in, not a romance but a connection of some sort. And he's kind of a dick to her. But she comes there and tries to convince him that Chucky's real because she takes the doll home, realizes the batteries aren't in there, and the doll's head flips around. And probably the scariest scene of the movie when you don't know it's coming where she notices that the batteries are gone or the batteries were never put in. And then she picks up the doll and the doll turns its head around and goes in the ground and spins around. And then she threatens to throw it into the fire. And this is one of the funniest moments where she's throwing the doll into the fire. And it's this like tense moment where you're like, the doll is dead, dead, dead. And then she's throwing it in the fire and the doll comes alive and starts going, you fucking cocksucking motherfucking piece of shit. Fuck, fuck, fuck. It's, it's really hilarious. And, then she gets out of there. She chases after the doll, which is who escapes. And then he, then, then I think she goes and tells the cop. The cop doesn't believe her, but Chucky tries to kill the cop. So the cop starts believing her. 
and they try to figure out where Chucky will go next. Chucky goes to this guy that, you know, is his witch doctor. And his witch doctor tells him that he needs to Vigo this kid. He needs to transform himself from this body that he got shot by the cop and it hurt. Why did he get – why did it hurt? He's an inanimate object. And he said, well, you're becoming more human and you've got a human heart right now. And basically what you need to do is you need to transform yourself into another human host. Otherwise, you'll be stuck in this doll for the, all eternity. And you got to – you got – and it's the hello again, the uh, Goldie – Goldie Hawn, the Shelley Long movie from the 80s. The, this plot where the first person you talk to, the first true love, you have to tell, you have to be transformed into the first person you told that you were who you were. It's convoluted, but it works. And it ends up being the kid. He's like, oh, I'm going to be a six-year-old again. Ha, 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 ha. He goes to be transformed. He he goes towards the mental institution to try to get the kid so he can do his little little Vigo thing to the kid. But at the same time, the right after he leaves there, the cop and the mom show up at the witch doctor's house who tells them the only way to stop Chucky is to shoot him in his heart. So then we get into the end section of the movie where the cop and Catherine Hicks try to get the boy and with Chucky and it turns into the big sort of fight, 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 where he beats the shit out of the, the detective and the detectives out of commission. Catherine Hicks is wrestling with him and the kid comes and, and it's all back at the apartment. They end up going back to the house cause the kid escapes and they realize that the kid would go home. So they all go to the home and try to find him and they go, go back to the house and it turns into a big ruckus and a big fight where they overpower Chucky. He burnt, or the kid burns him, and he goes, I ain't your best friend. This is the silliest line in the whole movie, but something about it is hilarious in the line read, where the where Catherine Hicks is about to throw him in the fire. She has one of those gas fireplaces where she lights the gas, throws Chucky into the gas, and is about to light a match to throw it in there, or the kid's going to light a match and throw it in there to burn him up, which we all know is not going to work because the guy already told him that the only way to kill Chucky is through the fucking heart. Whatever. And because this would have been a good last line of a cheesy movie. It almost comes off as an Arnold Schwarzenegger one-liner where Chucky goes, I thought we were best friends. And he goes, "Or we're fr- I thought we were friends to the end. This is the end, my friend. The kid starts quoting the doors and he throws the flame in there. It's whoosh, Chucky burns up. And that's what they think is the end. They come back into the cop, talk to the cop, go, hey, is it the end? It's the end. And then Chucky shows back up like a diehard villain. To go kill kill the kid again. And the kid runs, mummy, mummy, mummy. And they shoot him. They think he's dead again. And then the partner shows up from the cop and goes, hey, what's going on? What happened? Let's arrest the kid. And he's like, no, it was the doll. The kid's the truth. He's like, I don't believe the doll. And then Chucky's arm and torso comes over there and starts choking the partner. And finally, they shoot him in the heart. And that's the end of Chucky. You think. They actually don't give you the spoiler of more Chucky to come. It ends with the cop. The two cops being saying to each other, um, yeah, I believe you. You believe me. But who's going to believe us? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and that is our end of our movie. And what do I think about Charles play? Charles Lee Ray. Thank you. Charles Lee Ray, Charles Lee Ray, Charles Lee Ray, Charles Lee Ray, Charles Lee Ray. If you say Charles Lee Ray three times in a mirror, I said Richard Simmons three times. I'm working on it. Oh my goodness, let's get in the live chat right now. (laughs) 
oh, Child's Play, the movies were just always stupid. And I did not rush to see it because it's a doll versus a fucking human. Chucky used to make me laugh, especially in the movies where he said, Chucky's going to be your brother. Oh, yeah, there's Chucky in the hood, said Toby. I forgot about that one. Isn't there? Or is that Leprechaun in the hood or something? Oh, holy shit. Let it be. But Phil, again, can you imagine getting your ass kicked by a doll? You're losing your street card. The last one, Andy had Chuck's head. Chucky's head locked in a vault. Okay, so that's that's how our Chucky stories end. Okay, so what did I think about Ch Child's Play? What are my kind of initial thoughts on that? It's way dated. The cops are hero. The kid and the mom. The, the cop is our hero, essentially. The mother's our hero, too. The kid does get the last lines of the movie, but the kid is kind of an afterthought. He's in only a few sections of the scenes. He becomes much more of a factor. Andy, as in the later movies, he becomes our main character. Seventh Heaven Mom is a major focus, but it kind of shifts. There's a section where the kid's the star. There's a section where the cop's the star. There's a section where the mom's the star. The doll does look great. It's it, The movie does look dated, but the doll, the way it works and kind of the, the way it comes alive at times, looks really neat. I don't mind it at all. And it's that part of it isn't the dated part. I almost think Chucky looks better in, these early, in this early movie than he does in some of the later in, inclinations of him. In, Inclinate. I know that's not the right word, uh, but you know the word I'm trying to say. In the different versions, later versions of him, I think he looks a little too silly, a little too over the top, a little too slasher villain enemy. And I think he looks really like a real doll in this, and it's pretty cool. Uh, jump scares, but for the most part, it's a laughy movie. Uh, Chucky plot is same as Vigo. The, uh, the the kids lied at the end. This is the end, my friend. I really like this. That was great. Brad Dorf, was, Brad Dorf as Chucky is the highlight of the movie. So what do I think about this movie? All in all, I think it's decent for this kind of movie. I don't think it aged as well as some other ones of the time have aged. I'll say that. Something like Shocker, which I watched recently, I think aged a little bit better. I think this movie is fun as hell. And I think the Chucky thing is much more ridiculous comedy. It's almost that end of an era type thing where where everything's been done, so let's bring it to a doll. And it's not so much the inanimate object, because that's been done many times in a horror slasher genre, where an inanimate object kind of can kill you. But the way it does with Chucky, by merging Freddy Krueger humor with the freakiness of a doll killing you, I think... The concept of it is hilarious. The thought in the imagination of the real life, real life circumstances is that next level of it that makes it fun. I think when you sit there and you try to imagine what would happen if this happened in real life, that's the horror aspect of it. Someone mentioned a little doll scaring you. That is fucking scary. It's like it's the gremlin aspect of it a little bit. These little cre this little thing beating the shit out of you and killing you. I mean, I like to think to myself, I could beat the crap out of Chucky. I, I mean, what could I do? Chucky's coming at me. I'd, I'd fuck Chucky up. But I wouldn't. If I mean, if for real, this little Ninja Turtle doll of Michelangelo suddenly came alive and was like, whoa, dude, I'm going to totally kill you. And like start jumping around on me like 100 miles an hour at quick ninja-like speeds digging into my crevices. That would be a tough fight. I think so. I think I would have a tougher fight against that. And that would be scary as shit, too, because it's something you're not expecting. One of the scariest moments of my life have nothing to do with a horror movie or anything else. It's a real-life situation. Let me tell you this story, because I know you're dying to fucking hear it.
the scariest moment of my damn life was I, I used to have a PA system set up in my basement room at home. And I'd sit at home and I'd sing I'd sing karaoke to a bunch of songs. I still do it. The, some people know on, on uh, I think it was one of our Westworld streams or what was it? Glenn Carter. Holy shit. Super chat donation. Another. I will, I will get your question in a second and we will go with your super chat. Leanna is being battled in our stream boss game here. And uh, coming for you. Coming to be the stream boss. Some of our new super chatters. So, uh, what the fuck was I saying? What the fuck was the story was I saying? Oh, my scariest moment. So I'm singing karaoke. Blah, 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 blah. Singing, 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 singing. Blah, 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 blah. And we get to Michael Jackson. Uh, what song was it? Was it singing? Uh, the Way You Make Me Feel. The Way You Make Me Feel. Horribly. Horribly. But I'm in my house at home. I'm not doing this in front of other people. And I did sing karaoke. I think it was after a Westworld stream a couple of weeks ago uh, when I got drunk for an after show. If you got to see that, congratulations. If you didn't, it's still on the channel somewhere as a unlisted video. Uh, but I died blocked or something because of all the songs I played. But so I'm doing this and I opened my eyes. And right when I opened my eyes, I don't know how it got into the house, but a fucking pigeon was in the house and it fucking flew at my face. Like, whew. I was so scared, not freaking out because I'm afraid of birds. Well, birds are fucking scary and they can hurt you and they don't give a fuck and they'll shit on you too. But it was the moment that I wasn't expecting it. It was this little thing that just flew out of nowhere and was coming at me and trying to kill me. And it kept coming at me. It kept coming at my head. It didn't like my singing. It was horrified by me. And I'm like running around my house. Ah, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck the way you make me feel. But I didn't want to stop singing the song because I was, I was really cooking there. I somehow locked into that key. You know, as I was singing like Michael, the way you make me feel, oh, shut up. Scary fucking shit. So Glenn Carter. Super chat donation. First spin of the wheel. And also, you get your question answered. Phil, if you were going to transfer your soul into a doll, which would I choose? A Care Bear, Cabbage Patch Kid, or a Stretch Armstrong? Okay. I'll do this as a murder, death, kill here. Murder, fuck, kill. Murder, death, kill. What am I? What am I? This is demolition, man. Murder, death, kill. <laughs> Marry, fuck, kill. So in that situation, I would kill the Cabbage Patch doll. I would. The Cabbage Patch doll is out of the equation. I would not transform my soul into a Cabbage Patch doll. It's ugly. Has no special power of any sorts. Is just there with its special power is to be ugly. <laughs> I'd rather a melon patch kid. If anyone catches the reference, much rather a melon patch kid. It fuck cabbage patch dolls. I hated them back then. I hate them now. They can go fuck themselves. I would. That would be torture for me. That would be like the horror movie aspect of it. Phil, I. I was gonna say talk about myself in third person. Phil gets in this movie. Phil gets transferred into a cabbage patch doll. No, no. But the Care Bear in the Stretch Armstrong thing is interesting. Okay, the question I ask with this is the Care Bear thing. Do I get the Care Bear stare? Do I get Care Bear powers? Can I use my magic powers? Because Stretch Armstrong is stretchy. So whether I can use the powers or not, I have stretchy abilities. So it comes down to that. If I can have magic Care Bear powers, like whichever Care Bear I have um, picture on my stomach, I can do that Care Bear power and I can shoot that shit out. And be a Care Bear superhero. I think I'd rather the Care Bear. I'm softer. More cuddly. And magic would be 
preferable to stretchiness. Even though stretchiness does have a lot of really good benefits. Not just for me, but for the, my loved ones around me. But if it's just a stuffed animal Care Bear, and, or if they're all three inanimate objects, not the characters, so to speak, then I would say Stretch Armstrong so I could get the any sort of special ability. <laughs> so, oh, maybe this thing is on setup. So everybody drink. That's right. But you, you have my permission if you want to eat a sandwich or down a piece of candy because it's Halloween. Whatever you are, for Glenn Carter's Super Chat donation, thank you so much. Literally, I cannot say it enough. I want to dance a dance, uh, jig. I want to play a drum solo. I want to make you feel even more special than you make me feel for those Super Chat donations. Uh, I, I appreciate it. So everyone, grab your drink. Light your spliff. Shoot your candy. Mm. Eat your Milky Way. Well, what are we talking about here? So I would say Stretch Armstrong probably. I just want to snuggle. Yeah, if I if I could be a care a teddy bear, I would definitely snuggle. <laughs> well thought out, Phil. I like to answer these questions honestly and really and really dig in deep when someone asks me a really good question like that because that's a good question, especially in is very applicable. Applicable. Ooh, I actually said it there. I think. To, I have trouble saying big words. <laughs> Too many mouth injuries, and. I'm very, I'm very happy that uh, this has, has a positive uh, reference, referential purpose for, <laughs> why am I making this more complex than I have to? Half the time when I don't know what the hell I'm saying, it's because I'm making words more complex. Say, the de, do. All I have to say is basic things. Don't try to educate myself by saying words like transmogration or some shit like that. That's not even a word. You can't say big words. Stop trying to sound like you can. Well, technically, the intellectual stimulation of negative power makes me sound like a... No, listen, dick. Listen, stop being a dick. Stop being an asshole. And... Oh, God. You can't even be... You can't even funnily grab a prop in the right amount of time. See, what I wanted to do in that situation was when I did my stupid voice... There it was. And it was right at the front of the draw the whole time. I could have got away with it. If it wasn't for you stinking kids, I was going to do something like rag on myself and go, listen, asshole, you don't, you can't talk like that. You don't even know how to pronounce those words. Listen, Phil, the intellectual stimulation of the negative power equals the transmogrification of the minimum. Fucking moron. <laughs> so, gosh, if I want to play with props, I need to have my props set ready. If I want to be carrot top, I got to dye my hair red and make my props count, but my point was, your question was very, <laughs> made a lot of sense for our discussion today. Good. Straight whiskey at nine in the morning. Do it, Tim. That's the kind of party we have here on the Issues program. That's good. So uh, I'm going to do elastic, elastic bands, guy. Here I am thinking you're going to recall a robbery or some shit. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't admit that. I don't know if all the statute of limitations for shit like that's released as well. Different stories for different days. When I tell crazy stories, like if I told you some of the weird stories of stuff I did when I was a kid, I'd rather have someone here that experienced some of it even secondhand through me at the time to balance it off. Not that I don't think you're some people are going to believe me, but I like to have that the benefit of of 
empirical evidence right there. <laughs> it always makes it better. <laughs> You'd be filled with corn syrup, though. I would. I need actually. It's strange. I'm. I've thought many times. Maybe with the new location when we get to the new room or I finally get that Plinko board I've been threatening to get <laughs> because everyone's doing wheels. So I might as well do the Plinko board now. Uh, so <laughs> I want to do drink a Coke because I haven't drinking a Coke since 2015. And if I did, I would lose my shit. I'd be like, ah! I gotta, ah! the life is awake. So just to kind of end things off here, I don't know much. I don't know much else that I can say here about about Child's Play. It is a very fun, silly movie, shut your brain off kind of stuff. I don't think the movie aged as well as possible because movie and television stuff has changed so much where people care so much more about checks and balances. And the movie, there's a lot that just doesn't make sense about it. There's a lot of stuff that you could pick apart. And I think that's a... That's a trait of of 80s and late 70s movies where a lot of the shit just doesn't balance off. And I'm trying to think of a perfect example of it in the movie. But when you if you watch it, rewatch it, and you rewatch some movies of that era, and some TV shows that even were considered really good at the time, you can see that things don't always match from episode to episode. And in Child's Play, there's certain things that happen. You're like, how does that happen? Well, that wouldn't work. Uh, and, it, and I know it's a horror movie about a talking murderous doll, but I just mean the way that some checks and balances is what I call it. I think it's the best way of, oh, God. Oh, oh. I'm Chucky. Want to play? Oh, there we go. There we go. Oh, you ever just need to crack your neck or crack some part of your body and you feel it You're like something doesn't feel right. And I know maybe I shouldn't do it. Maybe, maybe I know someone's going to write in this video. Cracking's bad, Phil. Crack. Crack is whack, but still, there's something very, oh, I don't care. I don't care if it causes me pain. I don't care if it's what's causing my arthritis. I don't care, whatever. Still, there's nothing like some crack. Even if I was Chucky, I would find a way to crack me. I drink only Coke once a year. Fill on caffeine would be scary. I would be very, I am very scary on caffeine. But it's weird. I got to a point with caffeine that I would say I used to drink it to feel okay or at the end of the day. Like I would I would have one right before bed because I drank so much of it. I would drink almost two to three, two liters of Coke a day in cans and bottles usually, but it would size up to about that amount. I would not be able to eat without a Coke too. And I loved it oh, for years. Was until was until 2015, and I went in for a surgery. And when I came out, I used it as an excuse because I had to quit drinking soda for a couple months leading up to it, or a couple weeks leading up to it. So I kind of used it as an excuse to just say I'm never gonna go back. But I'm pretty weird on sugar. Also, I'm pretty crazy on nerds. Stephanie kind of hates this. Sometimes, uh, if I take a quick shot of about you know, pack one of those little mini packs of nerds or I have it sized up because I know exactly what like a serving size. I have a little spoon <laughs> that has the serving size of nerds and I get one of those big boxes and I'll like scoop a serving size of nerds a day and at the, or not a day, but when I decide to do it, have that for my dessert, I'll do it. I'll eat the nerds. I'll like, <laughs> and then I get that sugar rust and I'm, ah, I'm going, ah! 
It's a whole big mess. It really is. And everyone looks at me like I'm crazy. Mm. I'm going to be soon this <laughs> all gray, all gray, cr going around my cane, and then someone's going to give me a piece of candy, and I'm going to dance. Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> Crack is whack, guys. Crack is whack. Anyways, I think this is a good time to cut things off. I don't want to have a super crazy long stream because I will be streaming again today with Joe Dirty Locks. Something about the way we're doing those Daredevil streams, doing it from the Hangout stuff. When we do the streams now, I do it, not a little bit too much information, but I do it through OBS. And I set it up as a certain kind of event. The way it gets presented, it's almost like more of you guys get notified when I do it this way. When we do it how we've been doing the Daredevil streams, we do it the old school way with the with the Google Hangouts, which, again, too much information. You're like, I don't give a fuck what the fuck you're talking about. And there is – I don't think they notify as many folks, so keep an eye out on the channel today. Joe and I will be on later talking about two episodes of Daredevil. We'll, we're doing these little 15-, 20-minute podcasts where we're doing – where we watch an episode and come out and do it. We're doing two, basically two a day. So today we'll be doing episodes five and six of season three of Daredevil. So if you're watching Daredevil and you want to jump in the chat, we are unspoiled. So these are non-spoiler for what's he what's to come. And uh, yeah, do I'll be doing it in the other room. Yeah. And since I did this today and I'm not doing this tonight, I will hopefully be on doing some Red Dead streaming uh, around 10, 30, 11 o'clock tonight. Uh, on uh, on the Twitch channel. So if people don't know, I do have a Twitch channel, and I had done one one Red Dead stream on this channel, and the rest of them I'm going to be doing over there as it's a little bit better of a place for video games. And for whatever reason, it streams smoother on there too. So if anyone wants to subscribe, just look for Phil the Issues Guy there, and you can follow me on Twitch to get notified when I do my Red Dead streams if you're interested in that kind of nonsense. So, uh, so there's all that. So all the other ways to help us out, you can find us in the description box below. I do thank all the Super Chat donators today because, as I've mentioned, that is incredibly awesome and keeps us being able to do this. Com speaking of that, as I mentioned earlier today, any of the people out there that are patrons at any one of our levels, I don't really separate that stuff with content I release there. So any patron level, any of the patrons, I went on a little walk around downtown Salem this morning too. It's a busy day for for issues stuff trying to trying to get back out here more before have to take a break, take another break before to set up the new studio, but today with today a big day like four things today, maybe five later. But uh but any of the patrons, make sure you check that video out. It's a little it's a little bit of fun. It's a little bit of fun. It was a lot of fun walking around. Nancy T was joining me live. I did it as a live stream. So um, me walking around through downtown Salem. It was early in the morning, so it wasn't too crazy. But it kind of you can see all the different scenes and see Lotus get a lot of love from some people and and yeah, see me get into a fight with someone at the end or briefly get into a fight with somebody towards the end. More disagreement. <laughs> if you liked any of the uh, silly me on the road streams, it's similar to that. So any of the people on our that are our patrons right now. Make sure you check that out. I posted that today. Bum, 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 bum. 
crack. Yep. I'm <laughs> Wait, did I just see Luigi playing the drums? <laughs> oh, don't you talk about Ken. You guys are going to If you start talking about if you guys start talking about Ken again, I'm going to start crying. I can always count on Tim and Tim and Santopia making me feel sad. Don't forget, guys. This week See? I can see a, all these lines in my face getting clearer. <laughs> this Sunday, Joe Dirty Locks and I will be back to talk about Walking Dead. Rick Grimes' final episode. And we'll still try to get over the death of Ken. <laughs> oh, Ken. Oh, Ken. Ken, we were hoping you'd be starring in the Child's Play remake. <laughs> no, we, 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 we'll send a special memory for Ken. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Goodbye, everybody. Just kidding. Oh, my goodness. If you haven't already, you enjoyed this video. Please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. I think I'm going to probably post this as a podcast, too. So if you're listening to the audio podcast of this, make sure you give us some iTunes ratings. Help spread the word on the podcast. Because eventually I'm going to be, like, really disgusting to look at. And you're just going to want to listen to the audio cast. I mean, I'm already pretty disgusting to look at. But you know what I mean. But no. Help spread the word about that as well if you're one of our audio listeners. As I see that you guys are out there. So uh, give me some ratings, some comments. Some silliness. As I mentioned below, all the ways to help the channel grow in the description box below. Joe Dirty, and I, Dirty Locks and I will be back. But whenever you're watching this, make sure you check out some of the other content on the channel.